0: Greetings to those who watch below. So, we're nearly there. This is the penultimate video before my Halloween special, which will be the first episode of Our Eerie Isles, my series looking, county by county, at the most haunted places in Great Britain. Also, if you didn't know yet, all this month, Creepypasta.com's YouTube channel has been featuring videos by myself, so make sure to take a look, and tell them Brimstone sent you. Before we start today's stories, as usual I'd like to thank Steffi Ray, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, and Ghost City Shelton, for being those who dwell below. We've been pretty tame so far, I think, with our paranormal stories, so I thought, why not go full hog? Here are some truly terrifying Stories of Paranormal Attacks The Day My Infant Son Was Attacked By Marla GX In 1988, I was visiting my mum in her apartment in St. Louis, Missouri. I had my infant son with me, who was just around a couple of months old. He wasn't old enough yet to even turn over. I was sitting on my mum's bed talking with her, and my baby was laying on his back beside me. My mother was sitting at her desk across her bedroom while we were talking. We had been discussing my great aunt's funeral, which we had attended when I was 16 years old. Why we were discussing it, I have no idea. It just came up in conversation. There had been some strange occurrences that had happened at my great aunt's funeral, which is another story for another time. My great aunt had a difficult life. Her childhood was hard, growing up being poor on a Missouri farm with 13 brothers and sisters, some who had passed away due to illness. I remember her telling me stories of having to stand on a chair when she was five years old, having to wash dishes to help out. I love my great aunt, but I remember she had always complained a lot about her health and was a bit of a negative type of person and extremely frugal. She was an eccentric type of lady, who was a spiritualist and did readings with cards and had a crystal ball. She always claimed to be psychic. Whether she was or wasn't, I just don't know. When I was a kid, it used to creep me out a bit. While mum and I were discussing Aunt Dorothy's funeral, my baby levitated straight up into the air off the bed, at least a good four feet. He was then moved to the edge of the bed in the air, flipped over first, and bodily slammed right onto his head. Something unseen was holding my son's legs straight up into the air. It all happened very quickly, but at the same time, it felt like slow motion. I was in shock. When you see something like that, your mind doesn't immediately register what is happening and what you're seeing. You just cannot believe it. I immediately jumped up and grabbed my baby. I was terrified. Mum jumped up out of the chair and ran over. She'd also witnessed it. My son's face was red and scrunched up. His eyes were bulging. Then his face started turning ashen grey and his lips blue. I'll never forget the look on his little face. He wasn't breathing. Oh my God, I thought. He was either dead or dying. I thought his neck was broken. I started breathing into his mouth to get air into his tiny lungs. I screamed at mum to call 911. The paramedics arrived, and I honestly didn't know what to tell them. I couldn't possibly tell them what had really happened, since they would never have believed me. I told them my son had fallen off the bed. It was the only logical thing I could think of at the time. We went in the ambulance to the hospital, and he was released later that day. The ER doctor said he couldn't find anything wrong, that he was perfectly fine and breathing without any difficulty. After the incident... I was too scared to take my baby back to mum's apartment. I couldn't discuss what had happened with her for quite some time after it, since it was awful to think about. I couldn't sleep at night. I would sit awake watching my son, making sure that things wouldn't come back and hurt him again. Mum moved out of that apartment within the month. Five years later, my son still wasn't able to form words and would wake up screaming at night. His paediatrician had scheduled an MRI. The doctors injected my son with drugs to make him sleep, so that he would be quiet during the MRI scan. It was discovered that my son had severe right brain hemisphere lesion that the doctors said could only be due to head trauma. Imagine that. The doctors said that surgery wasn't possible and his cognitive learning abilities would be affected for some extent. But hopefully, the other brain hemisphere would compensate for the lesion. My son's 22 years old now, and is still living with us. He is normal in every aspect, except retaining spelling memory and has a few anger management issues. He's a very intelligent young man, hard worker, reads at a college level, but he still struggles to learn how to spell. We've tried spelling memory programs, gone to specialists, psychologists, but to no avail. He struggled during school, but he managed the best he could. I was raised the Catholic way, and I would say I am more of a spiritual person than a religious one. I don't understand why God would allow whatever that was, whether poltergeist, demon or ghost, to attack my baby. I have often wondered that perhaps my great-aunt was upset that we were discussing her funeral, and lashed out at us by hurting my son. She did have quite a temper in life. I'll never know, at least not in this lifetime, If I can take one thing away from this horrible experience, it has shown me that life does exist and extend beyond our perception, reality and this earthly realm. I don't know what type of existence the afterlife is, but I do know that it does exist. Of this, I am 100% positive. I don't need any more proof, and I don't want to experience any more proof. Ghost Attack, by KnucklesFan. First of all, I'll start out by telling you what I believe ghosts are. I don't think that they are spirits who are trapped between dimensions or have some unfinished business. I think that once a person dies, they either go to heaven or to hell. And when they're in hell, I think it's possible that Satan sends spirits back to Earth for one reason or another, whether it's just to frighten us or... Or harm us, or just to make us question our faith. One night I was sleeping just fine, but all of a sudden I snapped awake. I didn't move for a second, wondering why I was awake, and wondering what time it was. So, I rolled over to see what the time was. As I did that, for a split second, I saw a large, white thing, not really any particular shape. It wasn't even there for a full second, and then it moved out of my field of vision. Now before this, there had been other less important encounters, which I'd told my mum about. My mum had always told me that in the Bible, it tells us that Satan and demons can't read minds, so you actually have to say something to get them to leave, like, God protect me. So as soon as I saw the thing, I tried to say it. But, as I opened my mouth, I felt my whole body become paralysed. It was like something had grabbed me by the neck, and my body went numb. It felt like that feeling you get when your foot's asleep for so long it starts to hurt. Except for me. It was across my entire body, and I was unable to move. I tried to say something, but I could only hear myself gasping as I tried to say it. I tried again and got the same result. But the third time, I was able to say, God protect me, and it let go. My whole body felt relieved and I could move again. I turned on my light and just sat there praying for half an hour. And, in my opinion, I was granted protection and comfort. I felt so relieved and was able to go back to sleep with no further encounters that night. In case anyone was wondering, the time was around 3am. I can't remember the day or month, but it was in 2007. We're the first people to live in this house and it was constructed seven years ago. There had been less significant encounters before this happened. But unfortunately, it didn't stop there. Last week, I had an encounter with what I believe was the same ghost. I was in my basement, watching TV. As I watched the movie, I glanced into the glass front of the cabinet next to the TV. It reflects the end of the wall separating the living room from the workout room When I looked, I saw a white thing retreat behind the wall. Again, I said God protect me, and stood up and started upstairs. I looked back, and in the middle of the room, I could see something standing. Well, not see it, because it was clear, but it was almost like fog or steam, like the air was distorted, but it was in the shape of a person. I hurried upstairs and told my mum, And she felt freaked out too when she heard it from me. She actually got mad and said that she was going down there to give it a piece of her mind. She went down the steps and yelled, Get out of our house! And found that the door was open about two inches and it was closed when I was down there. I've been wondering why a ghost would be on our house and why it would be bothering me specifically. The Attack on Vacation, by Sean Monkey. It was the vacation of a lifetime. Just my best friend Nicole and I going away to Ireland. I was very excited, as we were going to stay in a famous castle, which of course, had some history of its own. I believe it was called Cabra Castle or something to that effect. We were in room number 71. We left our room to go through the courtyard to the main castle for dinner. We then proceeded to go look for this haunted bridge or something in the area. We made a few jokes about how we were going to hang each other from the bridge. We had a bit of fun with that, hit the bar, and then went back towards our room. After returning, our luggage was messed up on the floor. We thought nothing of it. It could have been the maid for all we knew. We noticed that the dog that went around the hotel courtyard was outside of our room. We got to bed about an hour or so after we got back. Unlocked the door and the dog got up and went away. It was now about 1 a.m. I was sleeping through the night and at about 3 had a rude awakening. I started freaking out because I felt like someone was on top of me and that I was being scratched. I was freaking out and started screaming and moving around and was hitting Nicole trying to wake her up. I felt that my face was bleeding and could taste the blood. I was in a state of panic. I managed to get Nicole up, and she was trying to calm me down. I was telling her I was bleeding and to get help right away. As she felt my face, she felt the blood. She was in shock, so said she would turn on the light and call the desk for help. She reached for the phone and light which were right by one another, and she got, as she described, brutally pushed aside, hitting her head on the floor. She reached for her pocket keychain light to search for the light. She crawled over to the switch, and came running back to the bed, where I was still feeling as if I was pinned down. She got on the bed to check on me, and I felt as if I could freely move, so I sat up. She checked me for blood, but there was no sign. We went to open the door and checked to see if there was any sign of forced entry into our room, in case it was something else. There, We saw the dog walk back to the front of our door, and he lay down there. We got no further sleep that night. The whole thing freaked me out, and I'm not sure exactly what happened. Why was the dog back after the attack? Why could I taste blood, and then be fine? I couldn't move. So what? shoved Nicole off the bed. It was one of the freakiest experiences ever. Did I anger a spirit earlier in the night, and were they being spiteful? A 40-Year Haunting and an Attack by Sanguine Conscripte When I was about 10 or 11 years old, I was attacked by an entity at my grandparents' house. To give you a little background into this, let me begin with the fact that my grandfather was sensitive to the paranormal. The house that they lived in prior to this one had some strange goings on for all the time they lived there. My dad has told me many of these things, which is why I am confused as to why he denies the existence of the paranormal now. According to him, things that were perfectly safe sitting on shelves would suddenly fall and sometimes levitate before hitting the floor. Two different dogs barked at nothing in the same spot in the basement, and once when he was home alone and sitting on the porch, he heard an explosive sneeze from inside the house. As with my parents' house, my grandparents built the place and were the first ones to live there. They lived in a city neighbourhood and were nowhere near being isolated. They moved to the house where I experienced the entity in the late 1970s. Again, they built this house so there were no previous occupants. This was in a subdivision just outside of a small town. My grandfather had often told me of his encounters with the paranormal in this house and elsewhere, but strangely never mentioned anything about the previous home. He had seen a poltergeist which he assumed to be attached to a friend of his, because he had seen it around them in different places. In the house in question, he had seen the doppelgangers of both my grandmother and myself. With mine, he had said he had turned on the light and found the figure had dissolved to the image of a featureless head floating at the foot of the bed to then go out the door and disappear. He described the little girl as being about my age at the time with a pleated plaid skirt, sweater and braids. He had given a fairly accurate description of my school uniform. I should probably mention that this house was creepy to begin with It was very dark, filled with heavy old furniture, and a collection of no less than 14 clocks. Every hour, on the hour, half hour, and once every 15 minutes they would chime, echoing through the relatively small house. In addition to this, my grandmother had decided to place a cradle full of antique dolls in my bedroom, along with a bunch of other old toys. The night of my encounter, I noticed a new addition to the collection, an indescribably weird-looking and disturbing stuffed animal. Over the years, as I became more aware of my surroundings, I found it harder and harder to sleep in this room. Not only were my surroundings creepy, but I'm a light sleeper, and all the clocks usually woke me up every hour. To actually get back to the encounter, I went to bed late that night. We'd been having a barbecue in the backyard, and it stayed out until it got dark. I fell asleep for a few hours, but woke up very suddenly at the one o'clock chimes, facing the wall with the feeling that if I turned around and faced the doorway, I would die of fright. For the next three hours, I willed myself not to sleep, so I wouldn't accidentally turn while sleeping, staring at the wall and listening to the chimes as the hours went by. Those few hours remain to this day some of the most terrifying I have ever spent. This went on for just over three hours. I sensed something advancing towards my bed from the doorway, very slowly, as if it moved only a few times an hour. Finally, just after four in the morning, something made contact with my shoulder. It didn't feel like a hand, just pressure. I can only describe the feeling that radiated from this thing as a sort of cold electric shock that went all through my body. It didn't stop. I remained frozen, for I don't know how long. I was only able to move again, after I heard someone come out of another bedroom and called for help. My dad came into the room and had to drag me out. I was too weak to walk on my own, and on the way out tripped over the leg of an armchair. He dragged me into the bathroom, and I saw myself in the mirror. I was pale, and drenched with sweat, and had two black eyes. He chalked it up to me not having slept very well, and he assumed that I had overheated in my sleep, it being a hot night in August. But these were much darker than your standard sleep deprivation circles under the eyes. I looked like I'd gotten punched in the face, and it took a few days for them to fade entirely. When I got undressed to take a shower, I noticed a large bruise on my side, and scratches on my back and upper arms, the scars from which have never faded. I don't have a history of thrashing or walking in my sleep, so can't think of any logical way this may have happened. I never entered that room again, and took to sleeping on the couch whenever we stayed over. This led to numerous questions, but I always managed to avoid telling anyone what happened. It continued for over a decade, until my grandparents passed away. I went back a few times for my parents to clean out the house, and always felt a presence, and never wanted to stay there for long. The last time I was there was about a year and a half ago, and the presence was still there. I lost touch with my parents shortly after, and don't know whether or not the house has been sold. I wonder if this thing could have been something attached to the Creepy stuffed toy, I was unnerved by the other stuff in the room before, but never overtly terrified. Hi guys, thank you ever so much for listening to today's video. I do hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a thumbs up, um, comment and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, We're getting close, nearly to 21,900 viewers, which... That's incredible, and I thank every single one of you that's hit that subscribe button. Make sure you stay safe for Halloween, and I'll see you all on the big day. So until then, sleep tight.